Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is behind the Steel Curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you again on a Thursday morning. It's rearing towards the end of July. We're rolling there. It's right on the cusp of training camp. This is, it's nice. It's exciting. It's funny because once the, we get to the Steelers being at training camp, they'll be there that first week. We're like, oh, we'll just wait. Wait till they get in pads. Then they'll get in pads, and that'll be like, just wait until you get a preseason game. We'll still be wanting more and wanting more and wanting more all the way up until the regular season starts. But you can't build to it until that starts, and that is a mere days away. This time next week, we will be talking about what's going on at training camp. This time next week, my brother will be at training camp. Uh, so that's kind of exciting for me to hear what's going on there from him. I have never been to Latrobe training camp. Uh, neither is he, but this will be his first time. My nephew Kyle will be there as well. So looking forward to, to hearing how that goes. Uh, but more, most important, I'm just I'm, I'm excited to just see what's going on out there with this team. So I'm going to go ahead and dive right into the topic today because I've got a number of things to talk about. This was something that was uh, an email that was sent to me by JMK uh, from Sydney. 
uh, this is Jeremy uh, the, from the email. Now, before I get into it, I want to remind everyone, I'm still looking for questions because even though training camp starts next week, there's we're, we're, we're still going to have some other stats we're going to need to talk about. So I'm still looking for questions. STLR Superfan Dad is the Twitter handle. You you can take that, the STLR Superfan Dad, add the at Gmail to it. That's my email. Send me some stats questions. That would be great. This one is about the kicking game and in particularly Heinz Field or Acrisure Stadium. I'm going to be using Heinz Field a lot today. I am. Because this is talking about historically, so – there hasn't been a kick in Acrisure Stadium yet, only in Heinz Field. Yes, it's the same stadium. It's the same building. It's only the name that you call it, so it really doesn't matter. To me, the two are interchangeable at this point. So um, if you like hearing the name Heinz Field, you're, that's what you're probably going to hear because these kicks that we're talking about happened at Heinz Field. So uh, th- this is what Jeremy says. He says, I've heard it said that it's the hardest stadium in the NFL for both punters and place kickers. He says, I wonder whether you can verify this statistically. I would be particularly interested in knowing whether Chris Boswell has a statistically significant advantage in terms of his success rate, especially with longer kicks of those 40 yards or more, compared to opponent's kickers. It might almost be possible to turn that statistical advantage, if it exists, into a measurable point advantage. I'm going to try. I'm going to see what I can do. So let's talk about Heinz Field kicking and punting. I will be... Honest, the majority of what I'm going to be speaking to is going to be about field goals. It's going to be about field goals, and let me explain why. I can get better data on field goals from pro football reference than I can punting. I've still got some punting data and everything else, but they actually have a whole field goal section on pro football reference that you can specifically look at field goals and everything else. Now, I've broken these field goals into visitors and home at Heinz Field. So in other words, were you kicking for the for the opponent or were you kicking in your home stadium? And I broke it down. So this obviously goes from 2001 through 2021. Before I give the numbers, I even looked up what the total NFL average was for field goals in the same time period from 2001 to 2021. The total field goal percentage, regardless of stadium, regardless of kicker, including everybody over the last 21 seasons, is 82.6%. 82.6% field goal percentage. Now, I broke that down into under 40 yards. That's 0 to 39, although the shortest you can have, I think, is 70, 18, something like that. Um, But if it's under 40 yards, the percentage is 92.3%. If it's in the 40-yard range, 40 to 49, it's 74.3%. And when you're talking about field goals over 50 yards or, sorry, 50 yards or more, got to say that, 50 yards or more, it's 59.7%. So those are just some numbers to to kind of set the stage to let you know where the where the baseline is and the whole NFL going, going into things. So I will tell you this, the Steelers kickers, definitely hold an advantage over their opponents. So let's look at it this way. If you are looking at long field goals, let's first, no, let's look at total field goals first. Then we'll get to 50 plus. Total field goals from a visiting kicker. Now, this includes postseason. 
This includes postseason. Um, and those numbers that I gave for the average, that includes postseason as well um, across the league. I just went ahead and did regular season and postseason all combined. So total field goals kicked regular season and postseason for for teams going against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are 227 of 284. That is a 79.9% average. Then the average distance of those field goals are 37.60 yards per field goal, averaging them all out in the yardage. Um, Now, when it comes to Pittsburgh Steelers, they are 315 of 380 for an 82.7% average. So that's definitely, you can see that there is an advantage there of 2.8% when it comes to that. Oh, but but the Steelers' um, average is 36.49, which is actually, you know, less than a yard, um, fewer than the than their opponents, which means they might be kicking some shorter field goals, obviously is what that means. So both um, both of those numbers are interesting because the Steelers at home are basically right on par with what the NFL average was over the same time. 82.7% versus 82.6% is the total overall average. So that's interesting to see that for kickers calling at their home stadium, they're pretty much hitting the hitting the overall average of the NFL. But people that are coming in and kicking at Heinz Field, that's a different story. They had they have struggled. That that's that's what has it last, the 79.9. So now I could go, I could have gone back and really broke this down even more. I was afraid I, it was just going to be too many numbers. Because remember that the Steelers did add seats to their stadium in what was it, 2015? 2015, I'm pretty sure. Um, that's when I started as a season ticket holder, so I'm pretty sure 2015 was that year. Uh, yes, it was. That When they did that, it, it cut down on the the wind coming off the open end of the stadium because the open end of the stadium isn't quite as open as it once was. So that's something to remember uh, with these numbers. But I didn't break it down between pre-2015 and post-2015. I just didn't do that. So back to it. Sorry, I dropped my pencil. <laughs> and I gotta have this for this, for this, for this stuff. I, I need my whole pocket protector going for these nerdy numbers. I just have to do it. It's how it works. So that's the totals. Let's look at long field goals, though. This is quite interesting because I will tell you that the overall average of whether it was a, a Steelers kicker or an opposing kicker. The overall average of 50 yards or more at Heinz Field is 44.8%. So less than half the kicks attempted of 50 yards or more at Heinz Field are missed. That's just the way it works, Um, which is significantly lower than the NFL average. So this does go to show you that it is difficult. Now, I don't have the data on all the stadiums to see if there's any any other others that are worse. I, I just don't have that. That would take that would have taken a long time to compile to answer in about 30 seconds. So I wasn't able to do that. But the fact that Heinz Field is 44.8% um, compared to the NFL average over that time being 59.7%, you're talking – almost 15% less, 14.9% less than the NFL average. So that's significant. Visitors, not good over 50. Not good over 50. 
nine made attempts, nine attempts or nine made field goals of 50 yards or more by opponents in the history of Heinz Field. Nine, nine out of 28, that's 32.1%. But then you go with the home attempts and it's getting closer to the NFL average. It's 17 out of 30. So Steelers kickers are 17 out of 30 of kicks 50 yards or more, which is 56.7%. So that's 3% less than the, than the NFL average over that same time period. So they're at least close. They're, they're pretty close to average. The Steelers kickers are, where the opponent's kickers, way down, especially over 50. I will give you some interesting um, facts behind some of these kicking statistics uh the longest field goal made by a visiting kicker came in 2016 when dan bailey hit a 53 yard field goal it's the only 50 yarder he has ever attempted at heinz field sorry 50 or more yarder and he's and he was successful so he's one for one close behind is justin tucker who has two times kicked 52-yard field goals at Heinz Field, one in 2014, one in 2015. He is two for two over 50 yards. Those are the only two attempts that he's had over 50 yards. When you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, Chris Boswell holds the NFL record for the longest field goal in the Steelers' home stadium of Heinz Field, soon to be called Accursure Stadium when they play there. Um, This was last season. 2021, he hit a 56-yarder. He also missed a 56-yarder. I I was there for that one. When they tried it right before the half, when they very surprisingly was able to advance the ball. Was, I can't remember if that was the Denver or Tennessee game. I was at both of them. Um, and it's escaping me right now. So, But in his career, Chris Boswell was 15 of 19. 15 of 19. Um, from 50 yards or more at at Heinz Field, so that's that's interesting. So if you really want to know, I didn't actually write down what what that what that percentage is. So as I go to to figure that out real quick, 15 of 19 that puts him at kicking 78.9 percent from 50 yards or more by by particularly by Chris Boswell. So when you talk about that home team kicker that's being 56.7%, that's drug down by other kickers that were not Chris Boswell. So Boswell himself is 78.9% over 50 yards or more at Heinz Field. And that that that's pretty impressive in my eyes. So Let's go ahead. Oh, real quick. I, I, I told you about the longest field goals. Oh, there, before Boswell, if you're wondering, before Chris Boswell, what the longest one was by Steelers kicker, that was 52 yards by Jeff Reed in 2010. But Jeff Reed was two for seven, 50 yards or more um, at Heinz Field and kicks particularly at Heinz Field. The shortest misses at Heinz Field, uh, that would also be Jeff Reed. He missed a 23-yard field goal in 2003. And the shortest missed field goal by an opponent came in 2009 when Rob Baronis missed a 31-yard field goal at Heinz Field. So that's that's pretty interesting. So who are the top kickers all time at Heinz Field when it comes to field goals? Well, first of all, there's a number of guys that have hit only one or two field goals. A number of them that's hit, you know, hit. Make attempted one or two field goals and hit them all. So what I did there was I'm like, let's say that it's got to be a, a where someone had at least 
10 attempts. They had to at least have 10 attempts in order to end up on, on this list of the, of the, of the top field goals. So number one, believe it or not, there is a player that has 12 field goal attempts at Heinz field and never missed any of them. That has not missed a field goal at Heinz field. Now grant now granted they only have one field goal in the 40 yard range. Um, and that was a 49 yarder and then all everything else was under 40. So they haven't kicked, uh, they haven't attempted many very long field goals, but the reason that they have 12 attempts is because he has appeared <laughs> at Heinz field for how many different, Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm trying to look back one, two, three. And yep. One, one, two, three, that of being, oh, wait, I got to say four. I got to say four because guess what? I forgot to count. I forgot to also count that he's also kicked. That was, when I say he has his longest, this kick was 49. That was his opposing kicker because this player also has kicked for the Steelers. So what, what is that? Who is that kicker? And just so you know, he had one that he made from 44 yards and the other two uh, from his three kicks um, for the Steelers were, were under that. So he's, he only has two, two, uh, two of the 12 in the 40-yard range. The other 10 are less than 40. That would be one Randy Bullock. When Randy Bullock kicked for the Steelers in 2016, he's been kicking with Cincinnati. Since then, he was before that, he was with Houston. And I think was the other one, Tennessee, I'm pretty sure, um, is, is how that went there. So he actually, of anyone that's had 10 or more field goal attempts at Heinz Field, he's the most accurate. He's 12 for 12. Just hasn't gone from super long distance. The second most accurate kicker in the history of Heinz Field would be Justin Tucker. He has a 96.4% accuracy at Heinz Field. He is 27 of 28 um, in his time kicking for that ugly purple team in the AFC North. He's only missed a 41-yard field goal. That's it. That's all. And third most accurate in the history of Heinz Field, that would be one Christopher Lynn Boswell. He has kicked 104 of 114 field goals. So when you look at that, though, he's only missed one field goal under 40 yards at Heinz Field in his time with the Steelers. He missed a 32-yarder. His other ones are 41, 42, 42, 47, 49, 54, 54, 55, and 56. So you knew that Boswell missed four kicks 50 yards or more, and he's only missed 10 kicks at Heinz Field. So that's that's pretty that, that's still pretty good. And the the more long kicks you take, the the greater the chance you are that you're gonna you're gonna miss. So what's interesting is you know Justin Tucker misses another field goal, boom, he's lower. You know Boswell misses another field goal, it's not going to change that much because of the number of kicks he has. So real quick to sum this up, um, when it comes to the field goal kickers, is is Boswell. I, oh, I did say it. I had it written down somewhere else. That he's 78.9% above 50 yards. He's 87.5% in the 40-yard range. That's 35 of 40. And 98.2% under 40 yards, 0 to 39. That's what he is at Heinz Field. The opponents for the Steelers, 
are 94.0% when it's under 40 yards. That's 141 of 150. So they've missed almost as many kicks as Boswell's missed total. Okay, so it's 98.2 to 94. 40 to 49. Oh, and just so you know, to compare that to the rest to the NFL average, the NFL average was 92.3. So during all this time, you know, even the opponents are doing better at Heinz Field than the, than the average when it was a short kick. It's when you move on that it really drops. Because, you know, Boswell in the 40s was 87.5. His opponents, 72.6%. And I, I already said this, when the opponents 50 yards or more are 32.1%, the Steelers overall are 567 and Boswell himself is 78.9%. So especially when you're talking long field goals, big advantage. Now, the Steelers have also attempted a lot more field goals than their opponents. And you're like, oh, well, it's their home stadium. Yeah, but they have an opponent every week. So you would think, you know, when you add it all up, their opponent, the total of the opponents is the same number of games. 183 games at Heinz Field between regular and postseason. So if you look at that and the 284 attempts by by opponents, that means that they're averaging 1.55 field goal attempts per game. Now, the Steelers, attempting 380 field goals, they are averaging 2.08 field goals per game. So in other words, the Steelers' opponents are averaging right around three field goal attempts every two games, where the Steelers are averaging – four field goal attempts every two games because they're averaging two per game. Now, when you when you turn that around, if you apply the overall kicking average, because I'm not going to say it's any one distance or another, if you the, the overall kicking accuracy percentage, opponents are scoring 1.24 points per game when they play the Steelers when it comes from field goals. The Steelers, I'm going to say particularly Chris Boswell, if you're giving him 2.08 field goals per game, he's going to score you 1.89 points per game. So that gives an advantage of 0.65 points per game. So more than half a point a game, you have an advantage by having Chris Boswell versus an opposing kicker. So he gives you more than a half point advantage. Over the course of a season, eight games, that's uh, that's more than five points for the season. That's 5.2. That's just some geeky numbers to throw out there. I'm going to go ahead and take the break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk briefly about the about punting it at Heinz Field, now known as Acrisure Stadium. And I have another little tidbit that I'm going to throw out there. So stick around. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we are back talking about the kicking at Heinz Field when it comes to field goals and everything of that nature. Yeah, big difference between Heinz Field and the, and the NFL average, and the Steelers hold advantage, particularly Chris Boswell. Man, when you look at those numbers of, you know, the I mean, the, the NFL average, this was over the last 21 seasons of 59.7 from from 50 plus but boswell's is 78.9 that's 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 something 78.9 at heinz field at heinz field that's not his whole I'm, i didn't even go into the to the road stuff you know that could that could bring that number down but that's that's still pretty i i that's a nice advantage to have to have at home for the steelers what about punting what, what about when it comes to punting? Now, punting's a little bit different story. Like I said, the data from the punting just wasn't as much as I could get otherwise. But I will tell you this. I went ahead and looked at, over the last 21 seasons, at Heinz Field, regular season or playoffs, and I was looking at the yards per punt. Now, just to give you guys an idea, last year in the NFL, regular and postseason, from what I was able to find, that the, the average league-wide, was 45.8 yards per punt. So there are some people that have done quite well with that uh, and those that have not. Now, I will tell you, last year, the the punter who averaged the most yards at Heinz Field was Sam Cock, Coach Cock, who just retired from the Ravens, that guy, uh, 50.8. Very good punter. They, they had him for a long time. Um, so, yeah, he had, a, he had the best average last year at Heinz Field. So that's just one of those things to know. But he doesn't have that great of an average when you look at every I'm not it's not that it's bad. His average overall with Hinesfield in his career, which started in 2006, is 45.0 yards per punt at Hinesfield. That ranks him seventh highest of any player that's punted at least 10 times at Hinesfield. Uh so I'm throwing that out there. Um just to say that, but only 0.1 yards behind him is Presley Harvin. Presley Harvin actually averages 44.9 yards per punt at Heinz Field. You're like, really? Yeah, he does. The problem is he averages 39.9 yards per punt away from Heinz Field. So in all honesty, Presley Harvin's right there when it comes to punting at Heinz Field. He struggled more on the road than he did at Heinz Field. So based on those those numbers and some of the numbers that I was getting back from, you know, the overall average of the of the entire league, it doesn't seem like punting is that big of an issue at Heinz Field. I mean, last year the the worst yards per punt of any player that that played there last year was Dustin Colquitt at 42.8, which is only 3 yards less than the average. Um for the for the for the NFL. And the majority of punters who punted at Heinz Field actually had an average longer than the NFL average. So and that's just based just on last year. So I just thought I'd I'd put that out there. So Presley Harvin of any player that's that has at least 10 punts at Heinz Field has the highest average of any Steelers punter. Any Steelers punter at Heinz Field, he's got the highest average. Now, I will tell you this. If you drop it down and take away the you need 10 punts, then he's second. Because last year, Corliss Waitman 
averaged 48.8 yards per punt on his five punts in the game that he played for the Steelers at, at Heinz Field. So that's just something to, to keep in mind there. But yeah, if you wanted to go all time at Heinz Field, it goes Cordis Waitman, 48.8, but only five punts. Presley Harvin the third, 44.9. Drew Butler was 44.7. Jordan Berry was 43-4. Sepulveda was also 43-4. And it just it just keeps going down. If you really want to know, punting for the Steelers, um, Ben Roethlisberger was not last. He was next to last with his 32.3 yards per punt from where he punted three different times at Heinz Field. Um, unfortunately, he did have one uh, that was blocked. and um, But really, Paul Ernster – had a 31.6-yard average uh, for the 12 punts that he had for the Steelers um, in 2008. So that's just the punting data, not nearly as conclusive as the field goal data. Now, something else I wanted to talk about, I was looking at something uh, based on, if you're not paying attention to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, there's some various things going on throughout the NFL offseason. One thing that was done recently between minicamp and training camp was that we were raising a question on a Monday for people to write a fan post about. And then the best fan post um, on sun on the next Sunday was promoted to the main page on the website. So you had a chance to write something um, as a submission and get it published on the main page of behind the steel curtain.com. There's still time to do that. I'm not even sure what this week's question was, but last week's question was about a redraft. Um, was what it came up with. And it was talking about redrafting the 2018 draft, looking at, at Mason Rudolph and what was going on there and all those different things and talking about how bad that draft was. I'm like, what really makes a draft a bad draft, especially for the Steelers? So I started to look at some numbers and, and think of some things. I kind of wanted to answer this question a little bit of, of what makes a draft a bad draft. I look at it this way. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look I'm going to look at the years that the Steelers drafted where nobody in their career made a pro bowl. Not one draft pick from that year made made a pro bowl. If that's the case, then you're in contention for being a bad draft. So here are the years. I'll tell you going all the way back to 1970. Here are the years that the Steelers in their draft, did not have a player, didn't he have to be for the Steelers, just in their career, appear in a Pro Bowl. 2018, which we just mentioned, but, you know, there's still some time there. 2015, 2008, 2006, 1996, 1991, 1985, 1983, 1979, 1978, and 1976. A lot of people think because of those drafts that the Steelers struggled um, in the late 70s is why they didn't carry their success into the 80s, which I, I could see that. Because, I mean, my, my goodness, from – from from 76 to 85, those 10 years, five of them, the Steelers never drafted a Pro Bowler. Never drafted a Pro Bowler. That's pretty interesting. So then from that, I narrowed down those years. And then I wanted to say, all right, let's look at this stat that they keep on Pro Football Reference. Seasons started where you were considered the starter at your position for the season. I'll tell you right now, already 2021, the Steelers had three different players who started, were considered starters last season. One of which was not Pat Fairmuth. 
Pat Fairmuth was not considered a starter because, believe it or not, Zach Gentry started more games than he did. So Najee Harris, Kendrick Green, Dan Moore, they were all considered starters last year. So you look back, okay, how many starters did, did, did they have? Did they get quality seasons from, from players? And one year kind of stood out above the others. And that year was 1985. If you go back to the 1985 draft for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they only had, well, first of all, they drafted, my, my goodness, is back, you know, they had players going through the 12th round. So that's how many, you know, pick, their last pick was pick 327, which was in round 12. So that tells you they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 draft picks. But out of those 13 draft picks, one, two, three, four of them never appeared in an NFL game. Wait, did I say four? Scratch that. Five. Five of them never even appeared in an NFL game. So you can look at games and things like that. But I wanted to look at at, um, at season started. Combined, all those players that they drafted, only two players ever started a season. One started one. And one started two. And then when I looked even further into it, so they only had three total season starts in the entire draft. And all three of those seasons, the season started, were not with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They had an entire draft in 1985 where not one player was ever a season starter for them, ever. You know, Daryl Sims was their first round pick. Nope. Mark. Benning, if I said that right, was their second round pick. Nope, he only played in 16 games ever. Okay. The two players that did at least start was defensive back Lifford Hobley, didn't start for the Steelers, and center Dan Turk started two years, not with the Steelers. So to me, when looking back, I look at that draft, that one was pretty bad. Um, 1983 wasn't much better. It, did, it only had it only had five starters. But um, at least one of them was three years in there. Um, and, and it just didn't hit the same level as the 1985 draft, where only three starts uh, and everything. And, and at least that one, the, the player that started the three seasons, um, defensive back Eric Williams, all three of them were for the Steelers. So that, that's just not on the same level of that 1985 draft. So if you look at the 2018 draft of the Steelers where they had no pro bowlers, also look at what you got out of that, okay? You, you, you didn't get any pro bowlers, so it's not that great. But in four, in four seasons, Terrell Edmonds was the starter for four seasons. They got two years of considered a starter out of James Washington, one year being considered the starter out of Mason Rudolph, and two years considered being the starter by Chooksakorafor, and he's not done. I mean, think of it. Three of those four players who started it all for the Steelers, you know, you know, started for a season, are still with the team. So it wasn't as bad from that standpoint. Um, another one where no one's made a Pro Bowl was the 2015 draft, where none of these players are with the Steelers anymore um, because um, Bud Dupree is still out there and, and Jesse James. Everyone else, not even the NFL. Sanquez Golson, Sammy Coates, Doran Grant, Latarius Walton, Anthony Chicolo retired last year, and Jared Holloman. Um, so I could see that one, but I mean, at least the Steelers got got four quality years out of Bud Dupree. Well, five quality years because of the of the 
was it even six? My goodness, how many years did he play with the Steelers? Um, so I'm trying to look at it now. He was he was considered a starter in four different seasons um, while he was playing in Pittsburgh because last year he didn't start enough in Tennessee due to injury to be considered a starter for them. But he was a starter for the Steelers 2017 to 2020. So that's still at least you got something. That 1985 draft, man – the Steelers really got nothing. They really got nothing. So when you look at those bad drafts and think, oh, these are terrible, at least it wasn't that bad. At least it wasn't that bad. Um, and there were, and believe it or not, you know, the the historic 1974 draft of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I always like to to talk about, yeah, they, they had that great 74 draft where they had they drafted four Hall of Famers and had a had an undrafted free agent um and Donnie Shell was another Hall of Famer. But then again, they followed it up with 19, with 1975, where um, where where they did that one didn't fit in the no Pro Bowl list because their first round draft pick, um, who only played one year with the Steelers, was a Pro Bowler for Seattle um, ten years later, and that was Dave Brown. Um, so that 75 draft also had a lot to be desired, but technically didn't fall in the no Pro Bowl category. So so just thought I'd throw those numbers out there a little bit with some draft stuff to go along with those uh, kicking numbers. So, hey, make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We will be gearing up next week when training camp starts with our training camp confidential, just getting a lot of information out there um, for the fans as, as the team goes back to Latrobe. So this year is going to be different than the last two years for our confidential can do a little bit more with it because the Steelers, you know, have a little bit more of a training camp. Make sure you're checking out all the podcasts. Uh, last night's curtain call uh, really, I was really excited to, to, for them to have stayed to the Steelers on with them. And then um, after this one, of course, you got to stick around and make sure you're checking out uh, what Ian's talking about uh, later on today. Um, if you're, who knows, by the time you're listening to this, you, it might already be out and you might have already listened to that one first. Um, I, I really enjoy the comical aspect of that. But uh, hey, I'm still taking questions, still got to have some things to talk about through training camp. Really looking forward to getting to the preseason when there's some numbers that we can break down there. So thank you so much for joining me. And as I always say, Thanks for geeking out with me. We'll see you next week after training. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing. The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.